abandoned corporate America to embark on a whole new venture in horror podcasting. Please join your host and his sister for today's episode of Not Your Average Horror Show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another week um, Not Your Average Horror Show. Doing something a little bit different this time. Usually we do a movie, and this, of course, is very much movie-related, but a little bit of a different twist on it. So I will just cut the horse shit and just go right to the point. <laughs> Everyone is sitting on the edge of their seats waiting for this reveal. Yes, of course. Of course, I'll mention something about that, like in the um, title itself or the description of the podcast. But um, I met Tom Savini at the airport in Pittsburgh. And the crowd goes wild. There it is. I mean, what more do you need to know about that? I mean, that's... That's the end of the podcast. (laughs) I just couldn't believe it. The thing that, like, it's not so much that um, I met him and it, it was very random. And I'll get into all that in a minute. But the fact that we did the movie Day of the Dead not more than a week and a half ago when that came out it wasn't like the very last one we did the last one we did was graduation day mm-hmm. but right before we even like made a reference to day of the dead in in the last one too and i go to pittsburgh for work last monday so it would have been a week ago today but on my way back which was last thursday i'm heading to uh the airport to leave to come back home because the work event is now done and it's kind of interesting because the fact that I even flew this time, I've never flown to Pittsburgh before. You know, it's it's a city. I mean, you've been there, right? Yeah, briefly for like a day. Yeah. Well, it was like a day and a night. Okay. So it's not like, it's one of those weird distances where it's a little bit too far to drive, but it's too close to fly, really. Yeah. What is it? Seven, five hours? Uh, from here it's like maybe four and a half like from where you are it's probably more like five yeah maybe even like five and change Mm -hmm. because you know you got that city traffic to deal with oh yeah I'm slightly closer because I am uh, a little bit along the turnpike here Mm -hmm. so it's about for me it's like about four and a half hours and the funny thing is is I also just drove there two months ago um, in March so I was debating do I want to do it again and I'm thinking, I don't know. It is a kind of a long drive. And it wasn't something I was just rushing to do. So it's just like, you know, work is covering it. I mean, both these trips were for work. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm just going to fly this time and not have to worry about the inconvenience of driving. First class. <laughs> right. <laughs> Flying out there, of course, is easy enough. The show was like, I mean, the work show was like three days. It was, you know, good. It was entertaining enough. It was nothing special that happened there. Um, but on my way to the airport, when I'm coming back now to Philly, um, I'm running a little bit late, which mm-hmm. always seems to be the case for me. There's <laughs> never seems to be a case where I'm just like going to the airport and I'm going to have plenty of time, get through, not have to worry about how long it's going to take in the TSA, my favorite part. Yeah. Of that whole mess, taking the belt off, taking the shoes off, uh-huh. dealing with the bullshit. And it was a shit show, too, going out <laughs> there. Actually, no, it was it was in Pittsburgh coming back. It was so disorganized. Like, it wasn't too bad getting to the part where, you know, your, your stuff's in the belts and stuff. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, we had to wait there. Yeah. And they're scanning the bags. I think they were scanning all the, the check-on bags extra slow that time. Mm. 
scathing review of the Pittsburgh airport TSA right here. Yeah. And you know what makes me even more mad too? It's just like, sometimes I like to gripe a little bit to the person next to me. Mm -hmm. And so I said that, you know, I'm like, oh, nothing like standing in a dirty airport with your shoes off, no belt, (laughs) with no instructions, just standing here waiting for something to happen. And the girl next to me just like, eh. It's just wow. like, come on, show some emotion. Even throw you a bone. She's like, <laughs> she's like a freaking zombie. It's just like <laughs> people don't want to be bothered with with people complaining, and it's just like, come on, be on my side. The easiest thing to do. <laughs> yeah, don't just like accept this crap. <laughs> There's too much acceptance of this bullshit. That's why they're <laughs> doing this stuff. So um, anyway, after being annoyed by that, I finally um, get through to the actual airport is like where the gates are Mm -hmm. and then you start seeing you know the stores and the the fast food areas and stuff like that the bars where if you had enough time you could knock a few back yeah which unfortunately is rarely me Mm -hmm. the only time i ever have time to do that kind of thing is if i get through all that and then my flight is delayed Mm. so then i actually would have time to do it (laughs) but if it's just up to me getting to the airport on time then it just never happens yeah or if I'm traveling, yeah, if I'm traveling with somebody else, you know, who uh, who has their stuff together and they want to get there extra early, mm-hmm. you know, then whatever. But it's like I've never missed a flight because of it. Yeah. I have missed a flight, but that was due to, like, not even reading the right time that I was supposed to be there. <laughs> um, it was one of those deals where it was a, a connecting flight. Mm-hmm. And I haven't, it's funny, I haven't done a connecting flight in years. I guess I've just been lucky with direct flights. Wow. See how the other half lives. <laughs> right. Yes. No. Seriously. <laughs> no layovers over here. Mm-hmm. So I was flying from Dallas and I had to go, I had to stop in Denver maybe. Yeah. And so instead of looking at the time I had to be in the Dallas airport, I'm looking at the time where the connection is in Denver. So uh... I'm like, oh, I've got until like two o'clock. <laughs> the reality was, no, I had to be in Dallas at 12 o'clock. Yeah. I was thinking I had to be at the Dallas one at two o'clock. I was reading the wrong uh-huh. time. I'm in my cab and I'm on my way there to the airport and I'm saying to the cab driver, oh man, I've got like 35 minutes to make this flight. <laughs> he's like, we'll get to the, he's like, we'll get to the airport before 35 minutes, but I doubt you're, they're going to let you on that plane uh, with such short amount of time. And sure enough, that's what happened. I got to where my bag check would be uh-huh. and they're like, yeah, you know, even if you could run to there to get to the gate on time, it's just like, we can't let you. It's just not enough time to, to do whatever. Yeah. So. Womp womp. Yep. Well, that was a little bit. I've gotten the next flight anyway, so it wasn't a major catastrophe. But uh, this time I did cut it pretty close because I'm walking through in Pittsburgh and I'm going through this food court. There's like a McDonald's there. Huh. I'm thinking to myself, ah, that's kind of funny. I've never seen a McDonald's in an airport before. Yeah. I've been in a lot of them. Have you? Um, I don't know. I can't say that I have. I feel like it's a lot of like random things that you see in the airport. It's very <laughs> random. And I know in Philly, there's like a lot of fast food places, Uh-huh. but it's more like, it's almost like local fast food chains. like Or like generic, <laughs> like knockoff brand yeah. fast food chains. You don't see Burger Kings or Wendy's. You don't see Chick-fil-A's in an airport usually. Mm-hmm. It's I've seen like local... grab to go. <laughs> You're right, right, right. Good to go or grab to go or jo- Java juice. <laughs> yeah. Jamba juice. Well, I think that's a pretty well-known one, but um, yeah. No, it's always a pretty random selection, but I can't say 
Oh yeah, maybe a Dunkin' Donuts every once in a while. There's always a Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, but the fast food places themselves, yeah, there's like burger places in Philly. They got the cheesesteak places. They have like mm-hmm. a Tony Luke's, which is like around town. Mm. That's pretty popular. But you don't see many nationwide ones like this. But anyway, who cares? It's just a <laughs> McDonald's. So I get to my gate, and sure enough, there's like 15 minutes before my flight departs. But I was super hungry though. Mm-hmm. It's like I didn't want to just grab uh, I don't know a, a sack of peanuts <laughs> for twelve dollars, right? Or some crappy sandwich that's all like you know cellophane up. I just wasn't. And then on the other hand, it's just like I couldn't go to like a real restaurant in the airport and sit mm-hmm. down because obviously it's not enough time. So I'm thinking, hmm. I remember seeing a McDonald's on the way in. <laughs> it wasn't too far away. I'll just run back there, grab something quick like chicken nuggets, mm-hmm. and I'll bring that with me and it's eat it. It's a great the- choice. Yeah. Get that barbecue sauce on there. <laughs> I like the uh, honey mustard myself. Not bad. <laughs> It'd be great too if like you get that and you bring it with you. You're in the middle seat of the plane and you're just like dipping that stuff in like people like on either side of you are just watching you <laughs> the sauce is flying around your hands are all sticky and your, it's all over your face you just look at them like what what's the problem <laughs> so i didn't get to that point yet though so i do go to mcdonald's i do get my chicken nuggets mm-hmm. and there's a lot of people there and so i'm just kind of like standing in in the background just kind of waiting for my order and they bring it up and i get it and it, just as I'm walking away, though, I see somebody walk up to the line. And mm. I'm thinking to myself, no, it can't be. I thought it looked like Tom Savini. Mm-hmm. So lately, I've been in this weird mindset. I don't know why of just whenever I travel somewhere, I always think that there's people around me who are famous. <laughs> and I'm I'm just like waiting to see somebody who looks like somewhat familiar mm. and just kind of like wanting because you always hear stories about that yeah well maybe you manifested it this time <laughs> well the funny thing is is like when i first got to pittsburgh mm-hmm. days ago before that i thought i saw somebody from the day of the dead movie mm. the the main the main mm-hmm. lady in the movie there was a lady who was you know she had long grayish hair and i had just seen the picture of her in recent times mm-hmm. and i'm thinking huh that could be the the person, Lori, I th- Camille, I think her name was. And I looked it up. I, I actually look a dumbass. I'm just looking <laughs> it up to see if maybe I can introduce myself. And it said she had, I don't know, she had a daughter, but she was with two two guys, presumably her sons. Okay. And I'm thinking, okay, well, it's probably <laughs> not her. And I right. said to myself, stop looking around for famous people. It's just a waste of time. It's too distracting. <laughs> You'll know if you see somebody famous when it happens. It's just like, <laughs> stop trying to make it happen. Because I think that's, you know, subliminally what I'm trying to do. But then maybe you did. <laughs> <laughs> and then here I am at McDonald's. And then somebody's in line. And I actually said that to myself. I'm like, yeah, Tom Savini is going to be walking up to the McDonald's in the airport. Forget it. And I was just going to like walk away and just forget about it. But I had one last glance at him. And as I glanced, there was just something about the profile of his face, the <laughs> nose and everything, and that same goatee he's always had, like, for 50 years, probably. It's been ingrained into your head. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. It just looks too close. And I know that there's a connection to Pittsburgh because George Romero, who was the director of all those of the Living Dead movies, mm-hmm. had strong Pittsburgh ties. 
I don't think he was from there originally, but he, all his movies were there. Mm-hmm. Most of the actors in his movies were also from there. And him and Tom Zavini were, were joined at the hip mm-hmm. through, through so many of the movies. So it would make sense that he was from that area. But I'm still like, no. I, and, and so I couldn't let it go, though. So mm-hmm. I did the same thing as I was just talking about. I pulled up on my phone recent pictures of him. And I'm like, I don't know. That hair looks pretty similar. It's <laughs> dyed, you know, black. And it the age looked about right, which 76. Got to say, he looked pretty good for I 76. I wouldn't have thought. Hmm. Um, but he was dressed very much like somebody who would not be famous whatsoever. Yeah. You know, he looked very much like... I was saying earlier, like somebody who cuts your lawn. He had <laughs> humble like these, man, right? <laughs> these very like old-looking camo pants on, and a button-down shirt and a hat, and just very unassuming. He mm-hmm. just blended right into the crowd, like, and you know, po- quite possibly that was the point. <laughs> That's what he wanted. He didn't want any uh, people poking around with their chicken nuggets, asking if it was him. And he almost pulled it off <laughs> <laughs> because I'm. I'm still kind of thinking to myself, I don't know. It just seems too much like it's it's one of those things. It's like, yeah, my first time flying into Pittsburgh and he's just going to be there at the airport. Somebody who's a well-known gore special effects artist. A very well-known, I mean, a legend, you know, in his, in his own niche there. Too good to be true. Yeah. So I went one step further. When he was paying for the food for his Big Mac... He mm-hmm. had his hand outstretched, and I could see on his forearms he's got some tattoos. And then right in the picture I had pulled up on my phone, I'm seeing, like, he's got tattoos on his forearms. And I couldn't, from where I was standing, I couldn't see exactly what they were. But I could tell, like, the basic size and the placement of them on his arms looked pretty close. Yeah, some standout detective work. Yeah, right. absolutely. I was pretty <laughs> proud of myself for that. And that was the point where it's just like, okay, it's him. Like, I was convinced that it was. So, like I was saying before, too, it was frustrating because now I know it's him. Mm-hmm. And now I have to make a decision. Do I walk away and have the story of, like, oh, hey, I saw Tom Savini at an airport. <laughs> and people would be like, oh, yeah, bullshit, whatever. I mean, I would know it was him just because yeah. it was such a good match. Or I have to force myself to go up and actually talk to him and see if, you know, just confirm face to face. Ideally, get um, a selfie with him if mm-hmm. that was on the table. That would be the the best scenario. Well, actually, the best scenario was like he invites me to have lunch with him right there in the airport. Right. I missed my flight back to Philly, but hey, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> I would have. <laughs> and then he's on the podcast. You guys become best friends. Oh uh... yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I become part of like the uh, the Savini special effects empire yeah um so he was with somebody he was with a lady who was much younger than him i would say maybe half his age she could have been 40 i don't know um but very light-skinned she had reddish hair and i so not a relative is what no i wondered i wondered at first if it could have been a daughter but you know just like looking at her closer like just you know he's got more of like a little bit of a dark complexion, very dark hair, mm-hmm. and her complexion is very light. Mm-hmm. And I later found out she had an Irish accent. Mm. I know this because as I'm like 
determining how to go about and tackle all this, like go up to him. And even though I know it's him, it's, I don't know what his reaction would be. He might like be pissed off about me walking up and (laughs) blowing his cover and, you know. And the masses start descending. Yeah, I'm thinking about all these things wanting. now. It's just, you know, it's, do I, do I want to do that? Because if I was a celebrity, I would probably be kind of pissed off. I'd enjoy it probably for the first couple of years. Uh-huh. And then I'd get really annoyed at people coming up to me, I would think. Yeah. I mean, this guy's 76. I mean, he's had to deal with it for a long time, or so <laughs> I thought. Um, So all of a sudden, as I'm thinking all this stuff, the lady he's with, she separates from him. And she goes to get napkins. <laughs> As they say in football, you get separation from the person who you're next to, and then suddenly good things happen. <laughs> so I'm like, aha. So here's my Lining chance. Up. It's kind of a cop-out, but I figure, okay, so I can just go to this lady. I'll say, hey, are you with that guy? And from there, I'll have my answer. So I did just that. I walked up to her. She sees me, and I said, hi are you with that man who's at the counter right now she's like yeah i said <laughs> is that tom savini she's like yes it is I'm like wow and so i didn't even know what to say at that point so i confirmed what i thought but then like i'm just thinking you know what are you guys doing at mcdonald's <laughs> why, why is tom savini at mcdonald's ordering a hamburger and she's like well you know we're we live in Pittsburgh and we're traveling. So. He may have had the same dilemma as you did. He realized it was 15 minutes before his flight. He was hungry. Yeah. Didn't want to. And now I'm wasting their time with all my bullshit. <laughs> and so she seemed enthused though. I will say, I don't think she was definitely not put off by this. If anything, I think she was kind of enjoying the fact that he was getting attention. Yeah. I don't know what the relationship was, uh-huh. but I think that, you know, she was pretty excited about, him getting recognized yeah so i said to her do you think you'd mind if i just said a couple words and maybe got my picture with him she's like oh of course that'd be fine she's like hang on one minute and so she goes up to where he is Uh and she starts talking to him and then suddenly he he looks over his shoulder and he kind of like nods and waves me over i'm like wow it was (laughs) that easy it was not difficult at all yeah so welcomed yeah so I walk over there and of course, you know, whenever I find somebody famous, which almost never happens, I mean, I don't know the most famous person you've ever met, but I might've met like a few Eagles around town, a couple of Phillies, not like the, the major athletes, like not the Bryce Harpers, not the McNabs. It's always like a, I don't know, a bench player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I've met like some obscure celebrities, um, uh-huh. but yeah, nobody... I think that would be known like on a mass scale outside of certain niche interests. Right, right. I saw Jamie Moyer one time at a pizza place. He was eating a cheesesteak. <laughs> you probably don't know. He was part of the 2008 Phillies. Okay. And he I wasn't was like. Say, I don't know. Yeah, person. it's like it wasn't the Cole Hamels level. It was like the fourth pitcher who I don't even think he was pitching in the World Series because uh-huh. something happened. Him and who else? Oh, um, Brett Selleck. Who was that? Who was a tight end who went to the Super Bowl? He he was on that team, but he wasn't like a household name though. Mm. It's not like one of those tight ends who was just like you know, uh, the Kelsey the Kelsey brother in Kansas City. Yeah. Um. And or or Gronkowski. It's it's not like him. But I mean, it's still cool to meet those guys. Yeah, yeah. 
I met somebody who was um, like a reporter for Vice. What's not, Vice? Not a, well, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's like kind the, of like a, a yeah. It's like a gritty like documentary oh, okay. series. Yeah. Um, I know what you're talking. I've seen it. I flipped through on the channels and I've seen Vice, but just only for movies though. I didn't know they had a news a news department. Yeah, it, it's kind of like more documentaries that are like yeah, kind of gritty and less like polished and edited but um it was a guy who had his own series um it's actually on hulu um okay it's called hamilton's pharmacopoeia and he was like the son of a very well-known um like oscar-winning documentarian um errol morris i've heard the name yeah so his son had this documentary series about drugs (laughs) drugs <laughs> and he tried a bunch of drugs and reported back on it anyway he's doing research actually right in my area in west philly and i happened wow. to like run into him and it was like one of those awkward moments like oh well, hi i'm i'm a fan of your work <laughs> <laughs> and he was like oh thank you <laughs> yeah i was like yeah kind of a weird felt like I, a dumbass moment but <laughs> yeah so i know exactly what you're talking about <laughs> See, my whole thing is that I don't want to sound like every schmuck that walks up to a celebrity. Like me. (laughs) (laughs) Not necessarily like that. But then like what happens is there's never a plan B. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, well, if you don't want to sound like that, then who do you want to sound like? (laughs) It's not like you can just like pull up a chair and just ask what his like influence is. You know, you can't get into all that when you're on the scene. So there's, you know, and so what happens to me is just like, I kind of just lose my train of thought. And I said that to him Mm -hmm. because at first, like, I didn't even say hi. I'm like, uh, uh you know, and, uh, <laughs> oh, man, I just lost my train. And he's like, that's oh, okay. It's okay. He was totally cool about it, too. Uh-huh. As I'm just, like, standing there trying to flounder around for something to say. You go from, like, not wanting to sound like every other dumbass to uh-huh. the point where it's just like, oh, man, I've got nothing to say. If only I could just sound like an average person <laughs> at this point, I'd be happy just to get out of here with that. <laughs> and so... I mean, like, logically, though, what else do you have, like, to talk about other than... <laughs> yeah, when it's so just... kind of like the... Yeah, if you try to get, like, anything, like, too, you know, cerebral or whatever, you'll just look like a psychopath, probably. And <laughs> yeah. um, it, it'll just look very weird, I think. Yeah. So then, finally, I was able to blurt out, just like, yeah, ever since I was a kid, I've been watching your stuff, and just, um, you know, your name has always been, like... A legend in Hollywood and it's just so cool to meet you here mm-hmm. so he's like oh, oh cool thanks and so you know as I'm just like rambling on for like a minute it didn't last too long it was a very short interaction overall but I said um would you be okay like doing a selfie that's not your thing I'm like that's totally cool mm-hmm. he's like yeah that's fine he's like that's what I was waiting for <laughs> you know he wasn't he wasn't like yeah that's what I was waiting for and I'm like dick no you know it wasn't <laughs> something like that but yeah he was um just very cool about it very easy going yeah so thankfully i was able to get my phone out and just flip it around to where you know you get into that mode and you can hold it up because uh-huh. i could i could have seen myself screwing that part up like with everything Flannery, that's going taking on. a picture of mcdonald's instead of your face <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> that's what i would have been afraid of happening <laughs> walking away from there all proud of myself and then i got a picture of like the guy ringing up the cash register at mcdonald's <laughs> That would have sucked big time. <laughs> but somehow I pulled off not a bad picture. I look pretty stupid in there, but he looks like himself. <laughs> um, I'll post that. 
on the Facebook page. Yeah. Everyone's going to want to see this now. Right. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. But, um, yeah, so while while I was there, it's like, see, he got around to telling me he was on his way down to Texas. Mm-hmm. He's got um, some horror cons down there that he was doing, I think, back to back. I forget. He might have said El Paso. Mm. And I was like, oh, yeah, maybe I'll go check that out. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I actually hop on a plane down to Texas. You know, You're going to divert your work trip. <laughs> like, actually, <laughs> join Tom Savini on his flight. Yeah, yeah. Well, this was this was going back to because I was done with the work at that point. So this was the oh, return trip. Well, so you could have. Yeah, I could have. Missed but opportunity. On the other hand, well, here's the thing. He is very accessible through these horror cons. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, you know, you, you can't go out. Anybody could probably meet him if they wanted to. Yeah. Um, and... As a matter of fact, he gets around to telling me, it's just like, yeah, we're going to be doing one outside of Pittsburgh at the Monroeville Mall. Yeah. Which is featured in Day of, uh, not Day of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. Which we just saw. Mm-hmm. So that was the plan. We were going to merge this um, this interesting coincidence of me meeting Tom Savini with talking about Dawn of the Dead at this point. But I figured, you know, it's enough here that I wanted to make it like two separate things. So I just wanted to, to discuss like that experience of meeting him. And then the next show we'll do the Dawn of the Dead review. So um, the he's going to be there June 9th. And I was like, well, that one I can make. I definitely could if I wanted to. Yeah. Is he going to be taking pictures with people? Well, that's the funny thing. He is. I looked it up. And then, you know, the pictures are going to be $80. Damn. So yeah. that was pretty good value I got in the airport. <laughs> my picture for free. It cost you some chicken nuggets. <laughs> Not even that. <laughs> I got out of there with my chicken nuggets and I got to make my flight too. Yeah. So all in all, not a bad experience in the Pittsburgh airport. It went from, you know, being a real major pain in the ass there um, at first, but quickly any kind of frustration I was having or annoyance I was having evaporated (laughs) i have to say and you returned with an aura like glow about you i just couldn't believe the fact that we just talked about day of the dead which was really the pinnacle of his career i think Mm -hmm. maybe not maybe not i i mean that was probably his most noteworthy work yeah on that movie his magnum opus (laughs) right it wasn't the best movie in the series Mm -hmm. um we did just watch Dawn of the Dead mm-hmm. before before uh, earlier tonight. We watched it. That movie was a better movie, just like you know the story and everything mm-hmm. at the Monroe Mon- Monroeville Mall. It's kind of like a weird name to say, like Monroeville. Monroe's easy enough to say, but put the Ville next to it, yeah. it almost sounds like you're saying Monroeville. Yeah, Monroeville. And then the tack on Mall. Yeah, <laughs> it's too much. Um, so that Dawn of the Dead was the better movie. Day of the Dead wasn't as good of a story, but mm-hmm. I mean, the special effects, as far as his work goes, were pretty much like, I think the best you could expect. It was the highlight of the film, you would say. Yeah. And here's something interesting. I was telling you about this earlier. I had found this, this website, which is Tom Savini's best Meh. horror scenes. This one I have up here right now. That's that's so that was Rhodes mm-hmm. from Day of the Dead. As I'm pulling stuff from my computer, okay. of course, this makes for a great podcast <laughs> part right here, showing pictures that people can't see. 
But just for uh, Adrian's benefit here, who doesn't have too much knowledge about these uh, these movies. So yeah, that was this person listed listed their um, favorite scenes one through ten. So Day of the Dead actually has like three scenes in the top five. There's number two is the death of Captain Rhodes, and that's pretty gross. Like his whole body, like the top part gets separated. Yeah, <laughs> you've got this look of horror on your face. <laughs> right? Did you see the picture of that? I mean, I saw a glimpse. <laughs> right. And I think my brain just kind of took care of the rest. Yeah. So there was that one, and then the other one, who Private Torres. Now that's the one I was telling you about before, where. They pulled the guy's head off, <laughs> and then as he's screaming, like you can see the vocal cords yeah. also become detached. And as they're getting pulled, like his voice changes as the vocal cords yeah. are getting stretched out. That's some serious thought went into that. Yeah, one. I mean, I can appreciate some brilliant attention to detail there. Yeah, this stuff is no joke. <laughs> so there's two, and okay, so it would be the top six then. The Day of the Dead uh, made, and this is the one I was telling you about also. So I mentioned this. And Day of the Dead, where the zombie got the shovel mm-hmm. that split like half its head. And then after that happened, the top part of the head kind of like rolled over. You know, like a watermelon does when you split it in half. Yeah. Like the two halves kind of like just roll over and do that weeble wobble type of thing. Uh-huh. So that happened with the zombie head, the top part <laughs> of it. And then as it's wobbling around, the eyes are shifting back and forth. Yeah, just a just a great understanding of physics this man has. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. He saw things that nobody else would, and he brought them to life <laughs> as much as you can with a zombie. Uh-huh. So it's just funny because, like, I mentioned that scene in the podcast we did on Day of the Dead just a couple of weeks ago, but I didn't really give any thought to, like, who created this. Even though I knew Savini worked in the film, you know, sometimes there's only so much you can get into, like, you know, the surface part, the, the surface topics, and the stuff that goes behind the scenes, mm-hmm. the people that make it happen, you just don't fully appreciate that. Yeah. And you don't fully appreciate the potential of running into them at the airport. <laughs> right. And that's kind of like, you know, what what made me think of all this. And just, you know, for for the past few days, just going online and doing a little more research on him and just like what he's all about. I didn't know he was in Vietnam. Mm. That was interesting mm-hmm. um and there's some discussion this is according to wikipedia but you know usually it's pretty accurate like his experiences in vietnam and some like the horrifying stuff that he saw you know i think that gave him some influence in heart yeah. it either gave him influence or it helped him cope mm-hmm. with the things he saw or both possibly yeah. but it could be one or the other yeah i mean it, it's kind of wild thinking about what he must have witnessed and then what he has uh, created. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, war is a horrifying thing. So it's, you can only imagine. I guess he must have been in some combat because I also read that story, which is kind of amusing, actually, that one I also told you about, mm-hmm. where he was with a group of guys and they heard some rustling off in the bushes. Yeah. He looks and points his gun. He opens fire. He's the first one to do so. And I think some other other guys he's with did the same. And after like a couple minutes of just like blasting up the bushes, a duck waddles off <laughs> to the side. 
<laughs> unscathed. Apparently unscathed by all that gunfire. <laughs> but I guess he took a little heat for that one, and they called him Duck Slayer from that point on. <laughs> so that's kind of interesting. Um, yeah, and just like, you know, funny things I think about also. So his um, he did work on Friday the 13th, the first mm-hmm. one, and I think the fourth one also. The first one was, no, there's a scene in that where Kevin Bacon, uh-huh. did you know that that was his first role? That was his debut movie? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> you know, he didn't have like a, a major role in there. He was just like one of the teenagers, just like any other. They have like limited screen time. But um, he was in that. There's a scene where he's laying in bed. And he gets an arrow through the neck. So the arrow comes up through the bottom of the bed. And mm. I guess Jason was hiding below the bed, shoves the arrow through that point, And then you see the tip of the arrow come through Kevin Bacon's neck. Okay. Yeah, it does sound familiar. You may have seen that at one time. you mention it. It's an interesting scene also because like for years, like that was, they actually edit that for the movie. The actual movie R-rated release, like it, it couldn't, make it it would have had to be rated x i think really because it was such a graphic scene they cut it out but in recent years for the um dvd or blu-ray releases Mm -hmm. they actually included the actual effect (laughs) so i'll tell you something i was watching the um i was up to visit one night so with you know ma and dad everybody else Uh and they were fans of uh, jay leno yeah so leno had kevin bacon on the show one night and he's like, you know, Kevin Bacon, um, we got to go back and show one of your earlier scenes in a very <laughs> earlier movie you did because there's been some recent director's cut footage released. Mm-hmm. And they showed on like the whole thing of the arrow going through his neck, yeah. the un- wow. unrated and the blood coming out. <laughs> and Bob's watching this with me. <laughs> <laughs> to her she's chagrin. Like, she's like, oh, what is he showing that for? <laughs> it oh, was that's so, nasty. It was so hilarious. <laughs> but that might be that she actually saw some of Tom Savini's handiwork, <laughs> which is kind of funny to think about. <laughs> kind of interesting to think about there. So, yeah, it was a very um, interesting experience. Been thinking about it ever since then. And what also surprises me, though, is like how many people, like how many guys I know that were into horror movies mm-hmm. that don't even know who he is. I was expecting most people to recognize the name. Yeah. But I've had very few people who did. You know, I mean, there's, there's, there's been some. Are someone... you really a horror fan if you don't know Tom Savini? I know. I don't, I don't know how that's possible. <laughs> I put it on Facebook and, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, that's cool. Who is he? Right. Um, I sent the, I sent the uh, pictures out. But yeah, there were a couple of people that responded. Yeah. Or they knew the name. Uh-huh. They knew what he did, but they wouldn't have recognized him in that picture. Yeah. Um, Underappreciated. Yeah. And that's the funny thing, too, is that when I was in the airport making this 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 big deal about it, I was thinking for sure other people would start catching on, too. Because <laughs> that's something that, you know, when you when you recognize somebody famous or if, if you're around somebody who does spot a person, mm-hmm. um, and then suddenly, like, it's an interesting dynamic and it's kind of, like, unmistakable when yeah. that happens. When you start, like, something starts happening and you're like, oh, what's going on over there? And you can just tell, like, right away what's going on. She's like, somebody's getting recognized because the other person doesn't normally act like that in yeah, on the average person, I guess. Yeah. Well, I guess when everybody else is kind of, like, focused on, like, what is my gate number? And then they just see 
two people having a conversation, maybe it doesn't. Yeah. But the guy in camel pants and. Uh, <laughs> right. I know. Yeah, I guess. But the excitement, I guess, I was having just did not like seem to phase anybody. Hmm. It's like, oh, two guys talking. I guess that was oh. it. Shake my head. Yeah. Disappointing. <laughs> I was kind of, that was the only disappointing part of that is that like, you know, me recognizing did not like rub off on anybody else. It's just like he was able to go about his business. I guess that was a good thing for him. Yeah. Well, you could have been or, like, hey, everybody, it's Tom's me. <laughs> now that would have been, that would have been pretty funny. <laughs> that would have been a real dick move. But <laughs> and Maybe his girlfriend away. would have loved it. That was his girlfriend. Yeah. I definitely <laughs> think she was like getting something out of it. Yeah. I don't know if he was or not. It was, he was kind of hard to read as he far plays as that it goes. cool these days. <laughs> I guess, you know, at that age, you know, I've, you've seen enough of it. But he did hand me like a uh, promotional card, though. Uh-huh. I, for- I keep forgetting about this. Like he gave it. It's still in the car. And it's got his face on there from um, from Dusk Till Dawn where he played the character of Sex Machine, <laughs> <laughs> which he had this gun, which I won't even tell you like how it was shaped or where it was located. Well, I can imagine. <laughs> I was just going to say that's like enough right there. And it had like some button to activate it. And he would just like stand there and the thing would just shoot everything. It's like... <laughs> It was pretty ridiculous, but um, yeah, so I don't know yet if I'm going to go out to Pittsburgh June 9th. I mean, I could. It's oh, a slower. It's coming up. Yeah. I mean, it's it's coming up. It's a slower time of year, though. I could like mm-hmm. uh, either, I don't know, hop in the car, go out there. I don't know if I want to fly again. We'll see. Yeah. Well, you guys are best friends now, so. Yeah. Right. <laughs> or if we're hey, not yet. me. If we're not yet, then after Monroeville, then we will be. Yeah. <laughs> Got to find a way. Bring him a Big Mac. <laughs> You'll appreciate this. I'll be like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> so next week then, um, in light of all this, like I was not intending to do Dawn of the Dead. Um, and I'm the funny thing is, is like I'm not even like a zombie fan, really. Uh-huh. I I like these this series here the of the Living Dead series. I just think they're they're well done. They're for the most part they're good stories. The first three, not the stuff that came later, mm-hmm. like that stuff's just garbage. But yeah, the first three are are really good. Um, and then of course we did Return of the Living Dead also. Mm-hmm. So for somebody who doesn't like really like zombies, we've done a, a decent amount we've done of them our fair in like, share in the short time that we've been doing <laughs> podcasts. But anyway, never again. After Dawn of the Dead, yeah, it's going to be a long time. I mean, I don't even think I've seen any other zombie movies besides these. So, uh, yep, next week, get prepared for Dawn of the Dead. And unless you had anything else to add to all this, I suppose we're done here. No. All right. It's getting late. Yeah, so... All right, well, thanks for joining us. Uh, Leave a comment on the website if you wish not your average horror show hyphen a podcast thank you